dude, the weather in Colorado is going to be, I'm looking forward to it after yeah. six months of dark, cold, wet Montana. Yeah, I'm going to come down and we're going to go boat. It's going to be sick. It is. It's going to be so nice. I'm used to Texas summers. So Colorado's going to be a step down. And I'm also now used to whatever weather we've been having here, which is just the grossest. (laughs) It's awesome. Don't get me wrong. But after like four months of it, and now it's almost July and it's still cold and raining. Yeah. I can't take it anymore. But that's okay. That means no fires, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back with another episode the Perfect Lens Podcast. I am joined by Zachary Johnson. What's good, bro? And uh, I'm Tal Rogers, and <laughs> we're sad to announce that once again, Michael Belmere <laughs> not God. He's not, not here. here. <laughs> <laughs> he decided to leave us again. Um, he's in Seattle at the moment uh, as we speak. Michael, we love you, and I'm very sad. <laughs> yeah. It's just another day of Michael not being in the office. Yeah. It's becoming a reoccurring theme. I hope it's not forever. <laughs> Some of our listeners probably do. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, just kidding. Michael brings us life and sometimes a little too much life, but also not. Uh, nah, he's fine. He's fine. He's a big boy. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Anyways, um, many people are looking at the world today through a broken lens. Our goal is to look at it through a Jesus lens, which is the perfect lens. Boom. Bang. That was good. Firepower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we are without Mike, so we thought we'd talk about something that Michael... Knows much about, I think. <laughs> Doesn't know much about? <laughs> oh, yeah. Nah, he does. But we just want to talk about this because it's a pretty important topic. And we have a feeling that if everyone did it in this world today, we just... I mean, we talked about this at Bible study even last week. Just imagine if everyone did this one thing, then the world would be a whole lot better place. And what is that thing, Zach? Take vitamins? <laughs> Dude, honestly, yeah. <laughs> From exercise? <laughs> that too. Oh, you mean love. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about love. And we're talking about love not in a sense of, oh, I love him so much, he opened the door for me. I'm talking about, like, Jesus died on the cross for your sins kind of love. <laughs> you want? I think I know why this is on your heart, Tal. <laughs> why? Because... <laughs> You just came back from Colorado <laughs> where you saw a girl that I'm pretty sure you are like blindly in love for. Yeah, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Jesus. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about God. But yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean, God, ah, man, I just, like like I just said, um, I think if the world did this, if we... If even 50% of the population just stepped back and knew what it was like to love as God did, love as Jesus did, we'd live in a whole heck of a lot better place, don't you think? Definitely. There's, yeah, just to know, A, how much he loves us. If if the whole world knew, just knew how much Jesus loved us, I mean, like speaking from experience, and we're just talking about this, I don't even know if any of us, well, I can pretty much guarantee you that none of us are going to fully comprehend his love until we die and then go to heaven one day, and it'll all be, you know, presented to us, and we'll be like, oh, that's how much you love us. Yeah. I think 
on earth. It's so like we just can't comprehend yeah. how much Jesus loves us. Yeah. So if if the whole world could just get, you know, basic knowledge of that, that'd be amazing. And then B, if everyone started to love like Jesus loved, mm-hmm. I mean, you can pretty much look at any problem in the world and be like, sweet, that's gone. If yeah. people start loving like Jesus loved. Yeah, I think it's super interesting. Like we have an idea of what love is, like uh, as college kids. And we don't even know what the next step of like humanly love is because we're not parents. Because or that's even the married. next step. Or even married, yeah. So married and then yeah, and then being parents. So we don't even fathom what those are like yet. And then God's love is even far like exponentially far above those things, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. I know I, yeah. my parents both said when like as they've had a sibling or their kids they were like, oh, this is m- so much more clarity on how much God loves us. And even then, like, even that's then just a fraction of, of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's crazy how we, like, I think it's impossible to even be able to fathom, even begin to fathom what true love is if you don't have a relationship with God either, um, which is, like, crazy to think about, you know, because we think that we have an idea of what love is. And like you just said, when you get married, you have a next step of, what you can imagine it to be like, then you can have children and you can fathom. And like, we don't even fathom that. But then if you don't even have Jesus in your heart, if you don't even believe in God, like God is love and he is what love is. And he is the object of love, but he is also the subject of love as well. And also the provider of love. So if we don't know God and we don't know, have a relationship with him, then we can't understand the extent and the full essence of what love actually is. Yeah. I mean, John fifteen twelve says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Mm-hmm. And so like you said, right, if, if however many millions and billions of people on the earth today don't, or even people in the church that just, they're Christians, but they don't have this knowledge of Jesus's love. Yeah. How can you then love others as Jesus has loved you if the whole second half of that thing's just gone? Like love others as... Jesus loved you, but if you don't know how Jesus loves you, then you can't love others in the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and John thirteen thirty four through 35 says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are dis- my disciples if you love one another. And in that passage, in those two verses alone, he says love one another three different times. He first says it as a command, love one another. Then he says it as do as I did, as I have loved you, love one another. And then he says, this is how others will see it. Others will see you and others will know me and they'll see that you are my disciples if you love one another. So in two verses, he says to love one another. And that just seems as a pretty clear command of how we're supposed to live. Yeah. I wonder how many times in the Bible the word love comes up. It's probably a lot. (laughs) A lot, yeah. Yeah. A whole lot. (laughs) Yeah, especially, especially in the New Testament, yeah. Yeah, Maybe less so in the Old Testament, but because there's a bunch of, bunch of death and a bunch of war and stuff. Yeah, but no, but for sure, yeah. I think just the, the idea of unconditional love yeah. is so foreign to any other religion. Mm-hmm. Whereas with like Jesus, that is, the that is like almost the whole gospel right there yeah. is just like that unconditional love of His, and then yeah. so much more goes into that. But if you think about so many other things. That unconditional love is, is just missing. Mm-hmm. And it's such a hard, it's actually a hard thing to grasp. I think it's like, well, what do I have to do, Lord, to earn your love? Mm-hmm. And he's like, 
you can't do anything else. Yeah. Like, I've already paid the ultimate price and anything else is because you have now received my love and anything coming from that is just an outpouring of your own love because you know how much you, I love you. Yeah, and that's from the Greek love, agape, which is unconditional love. And yeah, with that, um, for other religions, every other religion, their kind of love is like, they're supposed to love other people, but that's a conditional love. That's a conditional love in ways that are either I need to do this in return for something. I need to do this in return for eternal life. I need to do this in return so that people like me. I need to do this in return so that I get a better place in heaven. I need to do this for return that I get to have my own planet someday. But God says, no, love unconditionally, love without a bound, love without expecting anything in return. Love because you love one another, because you love the other person, because that's what I did for you. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's, it's it makes no sense. It literally makes no sense. In a society that is ruled by, quote, love, where love is just a skewed idea of what it is. It's a conditional love. But lo- what love really is, is God says love is unconditional. Love is without bound. Yeah. No, it's so true. Society's love is so conditional. And you see it all over movies and media and social networks and all this stuff. It's like, oh, like, you know, they're in love or I love this or I love to play this or whatever. And it's like given these set of circumstances. And I think society makes love, yeah, so conditional. You have to meet all these standards. And it's just so freeing to me when I which I need to be constantly reminded of this every single day, and I fall short in that because, I mean, how many of, right, like our problems or whatever that we're going through every single day would just be evaporated if we just focused on how much Jesus loves us because when we when we just focus on his love and him, because mm-hmm. Jesus is love, then everything else in the background just fades away. And it's like that metaphor I used from a sermon of Eric Gilmore's. He's like, when you stare at the sun, you can't see your shadow. And it's like, when you stare at Jesus, all your issues, you can't, you can't see them because Jesus takes up too much of the picture and his love just is so much bigger. Mm -hmm. And it's just so impactful to me to hear that. Yeah. And just be reminded of that. Cause it's Uh like a daily thing of being like, you know, you have a good night and you go to bed. You're like, Jesus loves me. This I know. <laughs> and then you wake up. The Bible tells me so. Exactly. And then you wake up the next morning and you're like, oh, <laughs> I don't think he loves me anymore. And then yeah. you're like, wait a sec. That's not true. So, yeah, I think I've been very blessed because my, so my dad, he started camp. Well, I went back in the day my dad was a youth pastor in Illinois. There's this camp. It was called Camp Agape. God, I mean, unconditional love. And it was like a Christian. I mean, it was for everyone, but it was a morally Christian-based camp where he learned about Jesus, but it wasn't a strictly like a Christian camp. So when we came to Bozeman, my dad was a youth pastor and then started Camp Agape here. And so basically my whole life, since I was like seven to now, I've been either a camper or a camp, like a, uh, being a staff, a counselor, um, and then up to like front desk later, whatever. Um, but... Big but our our <laughs> our big our our like mission statement is like to be like Jesus and then to get paid for it and it's just like being reminded having that agape on your chest every day every single summer it is like a reminder that what unconditional love is and how we're supposed to love and I've been blessed in that way that I get to like be able to experience that in the summers from other people and what true community and what true love is supposed to be like but. Without that, like during the school year, it's a whole different ball game, 
and like what you said, you have to remind yourself every single day. And it's so hard when we live in a place that is so wrapped up and skewed about love and being selfish. Because you can't, literally perfect love can't exist in selfishness, in pride. Perfect love can't exist. So it's like a constant battle between what God wants and what Satan wants. Yeah. And pulling you guys apart with what true love is. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine that Satan's greatest fear is that all of all of society starts to just realize how much Jesus does love them because then he's completely powerless after that. Yeah. When when everyone starts to just yeah, like come into a clear picture of oh my gosh, the price Jesus paid was out of love uh-huh. and to just like look at that and see that and then the devil goes no, you're like I can't. I can't grasp on you anymore. But then, like you said, right? Like we start getting focused on us and the things of this world, and then when we take our eyes from the sun and put it back onto our shadow, mm-hmm. and and then we kind of throw just naturally these walls go up, and it's a lot harder for us than to, to like realize Jesus' love. And I've definitely experienced that this semester. The more I focus on on me and my issues, yeah. and when I take my eyes off of Jesus and I stop like thinking about his love and meditating in that, then it's just like, oh my gosh, I, I feel horrible. Mm. All these things come up and that's where the devil's like, yeah, like that's where, that's where he's winning is when we take our eyes off of Jesus. But when we keep him on there and we focus on his love every day, mm-hmm. the devil has, has no grip. Yeah. And that's, it's crazy. I was on the plane last night coming back from Colorado and I sat next to this mom and her four kids and there were eight, five, three, and one. One, a single, like, she, I mean, she had her husband back in Texas, um, but she was flying with just her four kids. And I could just tell that I was just, like, sitting there pondering just how she was taking care of her children. And, like, there's nothing else she could focus on except for their well-being and how much she cared for them and their well-being. She forgets everything that matters about herself, and she gives up herself for all of her four kids so that they're comfortable, that they're fed, that they are having an enjoyable time on the plane that they are behaving themselves, you know, and she sacrificed her wants, her desires, her needs for them. And I could, I mean, I could just tell because taking care of four kids on the plane is kind of bizarre, kind of wild, you know, but then I like was thinking about, oh my gosh, like that's my parent. That's what my parents did for me. That's what my parents did for my brother. They sacrificed their desires. They sacrificed their wants, what they needed for my needs as a kid. I don't even realize that until, you know, I'm like 18, 19, 20, out of the house, and then I can finally realize, oh my gosh, they love me so well. They love me so unconditionally. And so experiencing that from them, experiencing that from from Ava and how she's like come to love me so unconditionally as well, and just being able to see that an example of Jesus in her, see an example of Jesus in my parents, see an example of Jesus in my friends, and then being having all that, that just helps me just be able to see Jesus even more, you know, through people. I could see the full, start to see the full picture of what Jesus' love, what God's love looks like in my life. And still, I can see that through them, but I still can't grasp the full extent of what God's love is, which is crazy, you know, yeah. which is crazy. It's so. just wild. I mean, First Corinthians thirteen thirteen says, and these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And so the greatest... I mean, faith and hope are two huge things that are talked about a lot in the Bible. Like, faith has some serious implications, and so does hope. Yeah. And for love to be the greatest of those three just shows how important it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, in First John three eighteen it says, "Dear children, let's not love with words or speech, um, both actions and in truth." And so, I mean, like the saying, like actions speak a lot louder than words. Like, sure, yes, that's good, but I think that especially plays out with love. Like, someone can say that they love you. Someone can say all these things to affirm you. And sure, those are good things. Like, words of affirmation, that's a good thing. But actually feeling loved by someone and how they treat you without what they're saying is a whole nother, another story, too. And that's, I mean, that's what Jesus did. He paid the greatest action. He had the greatest action of love in the world has ever seen, and that was dying on the cross for our sins. Yeah, just crazy to think about yeah. sacrificing yeah. everything for people that will never even never even recognize it. Yeah, I mean, with that, going off of Jesus dying on the cross, like, who are we called to love? Who are we, s- yeah, who does God desire us to love? Our neighbors as ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, that, that covers just about everyone, right? Like, our neighbors, mm-hmm. that could be quite literally your neighbor <laughs> or <laughs> the person you pass on the street or friend. your friends, your girlfriend. Like, I mean, there's so many people yeah. that fall into that category. Yeah. And so it's really, I mean, there are no boundaries when Jesus says like, love your neighbor as yourself. That's yeah. That kind and of extends to the farthest reaches of earth. And the most backwards one is loving your enemy too. It's Matthew yeah. five, forty three. Um, on says you have heard that it was said love your neighbor and hate your enemy but I tell you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your father in heaven he causes his son to rise son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous if you love those who love you what reward will you get are you not even the tax collect are not even the tax collectors doing that and if you're if you greet only your own people what are you doing more than others do you even pagans do that do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So just that whole backwards idea of loving your neighbors, loving your friends, loving the people that you care about, your family, but also loving the people that you don't want to love, which is probably the hardest one. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean you have to love the actions. Like You don't have to oh, love yeah. what your enemies are doing, but to love your enemies is... I mean, Jesus, Jesus didn't love that people were selling in the temple or that the Pharisees were super religious, but he still, yeah, and he didn't, he had actions that showed clearly that he didn't like those things, but he, his unconditional love was bigger than all that. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's a difference between disliking versus not loving, you know, verse, so like not liking or liking something and then loving something. Loving is looking beyond the person, looking beyond who they are, what their life choices are, what their life decisions are, what their political views are, what their anything, this or that, right? But looking past that and saying, I love you. I may not agree with what you're doing. I may not agree with what your decisions you're making with your life, but I love you enough to say, this is what God, enough to say that I'm going to share God's love with you. I'm going to share what he did for me. And hopefully I can show you that. So then you come to believe that as well. I love Michael, despite the fact that sometimes he acts like a three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, I love you, and you're even though you have white hair. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when Michael <laughs> eats chocolate cake <laughs> like a literal three-year-old and gets it all over his face and then goes, got any games on your phone? <laughs> that kid is a goofball. Love we love you, Michael. We love you, Michael. Yeah, but God loves you more. <laughs> any uh, any application for this week? 
Yeah, I think some application, something that I, I think I've brought this up on the podcast before, but oftentimes when people ask me what they could pray for me, um, I learned this from my friends when I was a freshman in college. I asked him what I could pray for him, and he said, if you could just pray that I see others in a lens that Jesus would see them, um, then and love them in a way that Jesus would love them and God loves them, that would be awesome. And I was like, I sat down, I was th- started thinking about that, and I was like, huh, interesting. I wonder if I asked, what would happen if I asked for people to pray for that? So when people started asking me what they could pray for for me, I started asking that. I started asking, could you pray that I see each other through a Jesus lens? If, I could, if you could um, pray that I love others and treat others the way that Jesus did when he walked on this earth. And I kid you not, from that moment on, I would see others way differently i would want to get to know them their stories and not i would i could tell myself not judging like judging far way less like significantly less and actually caring to get to know these people and that was just from asking that simple prayer to people and just constantly praying that over my life and so i just encourage you guys to pray that um for yourself or ask others to pray that for you or pray that for others that they would um, that you could see others through lens that Jesus would see them and also love them in that way as well. Um, yeah, it just totally just changes your entire heart and the way that you look at people. Mm. That's good. And just going back to first or to John fifteen twelve, which is love each other as I have loved you. I think, again, and like speaking even to myself, you can't love each other as Jesus loved you unless you know how much Jesus loves you or like you start to accumulate that and get an image of that mm-hmm. and so probably a huge takeaway is just look at look at how Jesus does love us and how he like hit the actions he took and still takes like reflect his love and in the bible and him sacrificing if you really like look at that out of a view of all right lord like how much do you love me it'll like you'll just get absolutely smoked yeah. And even, like, there's been times in my life, when it should be every day, now that I'm saying this, that I'm like, Lord, like, show me how much you love me. Like, reveal more your heart to me. Mm-hmm. And, like, one time I was praying that, and I was just like, Lord, show me how much you love me. And I just had this image of him carrying a cross up a hill. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, this beautiful image. And I just started sobbing because, like, it just hit me in the moment. I was like, he, mm-hmm. like, just the weight of that. And so he's... Like, Jesus will answer that. Like, he wants us to know how much he loves them. That's that's the desire of his heart. So when we start asking for that and wanting that, then, yeah, I mean, like Tal said, that'll be reflected in, in every other part of our life. Yeah. And I think it's really important, the people that surround you as well, um, like, being able to think about, do they really love me or do they just like me or do they just want to spend time with me or do they want to use me for something? Because... I think if you just take a step back and ask yourself, if I made one of them really mad for some reason, I don't, I don't know what it was. I don't, if you have an example, Zach, but if I really made peeve them off just so much, or I messed up in some way or another, and I were to think, what would their reaction be? What would they do? Would they stop? Would they walk away from me? Or would they say, that's not good. That's not a good thing. But we're gonna work through that because I love you. I think if you can't sit back and say, that's how my friend would react to that, then I think you need to find some new friends too that can show you God's love, that can show you Christ's love, because whether you believe it or not, there are people that will love you like that. And at one point in my life, I didn't think there were people that would love me like, would love me like that. But the further I went on, the more 
I became closer to God, the more I realized that people truly, truly loved me the way that I was. And yeah, an experience, that kind of experience is just, I mean, we've talked about it before. It's just an unmatched experience, you know, and just to think that that's an unmatched experience, but our experience with God will just be even more. So, um, just reiterating that it's just wild. So this update, we will not be back for <laughs> at a minimum a month. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of abrupt, Zach. <laughs> we went from talking about love to being, yeah, we don't like you guys. So we're not going <laughs> to do it. Hey, at least we're here today. I mean, Michael's already gone. Yeah, Michael's already gone. So, yeah, basically, Zach is leaving for a while, and Michael's Michael's currently gone. gone. Hal's (laughs) has things in his life happening. So, yeah. So, we are going to take, yeah, about a month ish break um, just to recoup and, yeah, maybe maybe more. But we're going to come back firing, and we know that we want to talk. I mean, we love doing this. It's been, it's such a blessing. Like when we're having, when we're all having rough days, which most of us, if we're having a rough day, all of us are having a rough day. (laughs) Um, But just coming in here and just talking with each other and just like seeing what the Lord's doing in our lives and then use, using us in ways just to talk to you guys. It's just so refreshing and always just fills my cup. And so we love it, but yeah, some life happens. So we're going to be gone for a little bit, but hang tight because we be back. And on that note, and on that, wait, <laughs> we don't have a sponsor this week because Michael's, Michael's not here. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Michael Belmere. <laughs> Michael, I just want to let you know you still owe me a four for four. Oh, actually, a biggie bag from Wendy's. Yep. If you're listening this far, which you didn't last time when we said we'd give you a four for four. Yeah. If you if you listen this much, then that means you actually owe Tal two. Ooh, jokes on him. I really hope he listens to all of it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, anything else, Zach? I think that about it's does like, it. There's going to be a lot of life updates when we get back. It's going to be sick. It is going to be think. sick. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. We're going to see. <laughs> but stay tuned. The Lord knows. Ah, we love you guys. Perfect, Perfect lens. Out. Audi.